You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. An assassin has shot the president and says he did it to make you president. Sounds like a strange story, right? Wild novel. But that's what happened to Vice President Chester Arthur. The Arizona shooting, a deranged man apparently acting alone, maybe with an accomplice, perhaps shoots a congresswoman, and to some extent the political environment is turned on its head for a couple of days. I have a variety of topics to talk about in my history can beat up your politics, and they will be coming up, but I thought I would say a few words at least about the, the events in Arizona. If you string it all together, and look at American history and the history of political violence. You know, the I start with James Wilson, one of the members of the Constitutional Convention and someone who wanted a direct pre- election of the president, wanted a single executive, wanted a strong national government, was just savagely attacked in the streets of Philadelphia for having supported the Constitution. So, of course, we all know the Preston Brooks attacking Charles Sumner on the floor of the Senate after he had made a uh, speech against a relative of his in which he had made fun of that relative, beating him with a cane while others watched. In fact, not only did other senators watch, but when other senators tried to stop it, they were indeed threatened. So it's quite a a violent scene in, in early American history. You know, someone tried to kill Andrew Jackson. It was a big mistake for him. Uh, person misfired, and Jackson took his assailant and hit him repeatedly with his cane. This is before the Secret Service. Somebody tried to kill Theodore Roosevelt when he was a candidate in 1912. He came out of it in the hospital, and as it turns out, a speech that was in his pocket had saved him from the bullet. Now, both of those stories of heroics uh, mean a little bit more then than they did now because you didn't have the type of weaponry uh, then that you had now. Neither of those situations would have happened. I mean, it's not as frequent that guns misfire; they do, but and uh, the bullets of today can't stop a can't be stopped by a speech, even one of Theodore Roosevelt's speech, which back in 1912 would have been quite long. Still, they're good stories. Uh, Gerald Ford, uh, lest we forget, was attacked twice, once by Squeaky Fromm of the the Manson clan. Uh, Something that gets forgotten about is that Franklin Roosevelt was attacked shortly before his inauguration. And a hit on his motorcade killed the mayor of Miami, who was riding with him. We almost didn't have a President Roosevelt. Harry Truman's Blair House, he was staying there while the White House was renovated was viciously targeted and attacked and under siege by a group of Puerto Rican nationalists. They killed a Secret Service member, and uh, Truman was never truly in harm. They didn't get inside. These are the attempts. As you know, Presidents Lincoln, McKinley, Garfield, and Kennedy were assassinated in our history. 
So, I mean, if you stretch them all together, if you string them and put them in a sentence like that, and you can add, you know, Leo Ryan, the congressman who uh, went down to uh, Guyana and was uh, viciously killed by the, the cult down there. Uh, there have been attacks. There was a Texas congressman killed in 1905. Uh, there have been attacks against congresspeople. If you string it all together like that, it sounds like this is an everyday uh, happenstance. But uh, I think all of that's over a long time period. We have a 240-year history in our nation. And I don't. I think the uh, events of uh, the weekend are still pretty shocking and still pretty rare. Because of politicians involved, things get political. And often, these events in histories are related to a policy in some way. Lincoln's death, uh, you know, is often said, oh, that was the plan of the Confederates. Garfield's, you know, involved civil service. It was an office seeker, deranged, you know. McKinley was killed by a, an anarchist. The reality is that all of the assailants were madmen uh, with delusions of grandeur. Garfield's man, uh, the man that shot him, shouted out, in the Washington train station, which is now uh, one of the museums in the Smithsonian, I am a stalwart. And this was a group of Republicans that supported Grant and supported the patronage system. I am a stalwart, and Arthur is now president. When Booth killed Lincoln, he shut out in Latin, so it goes with tyrants. And in the aftermath, they're often picked up by various political forces uh, in these cases which hides the fact that, in reality, most of these attempts have been made by people alone. There is, of course, a great controversy over the Kennedy assassination of 1963 and whether that is one of those lone gunman stories or not. I tend to believe that, indeed, one man killed Kennedy, Oswald, uh, again, another individual with delusions of grandeur who prior to killing Kennedy, had killed a policeman, uh, fought with police in a theater, in a struggle. He might have killed another officer in that, uh, in that situation if there hadn't been reinforcements. Hi, it's Bruce. Listen, we all know the news headlines are full of wild stories, like how the world is tipping towards authoritarianism, all while somehow, simultaneously, freezing, flooding, and on fire. It's a lot to take in. But what if, instead of being on the brink of disaster, we're actually on the cusp of a better world? If I've got your attention, then I highly recommend tuning to a podcast that offers a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people. What Could Go Right is the acclaimed news podcast from the Progress Network. Zachary Carabell and Emma Varvalukas dive into the biggest news and most pressing topics of our time, from climate change to politics, and make the case for a brighter future. Season 5 features fascinating guests like democracy scholar Yesha Munk on the hidden perils of identity politics, and NPR anchor Steve Inskeep about the importance of talking to people who differ from you, and what Abe Lincoln learned from those conversations that helped him unify the country. It's time to ditch the doom-scrolling polarization and start focusing on some of the things going right. So check out What Could Go Right wherever you listen to podcasts.
And I think because we just see a few image of him and he has the whole statement where he says, I was a, a pansy and et cetera, like that. And because there were so many political opponents of the Kennedy at the time, that a lot gets uh, ascribed to that assassination when really what was there was a dangerous individual who uh, had uh, who, was, who was absolutely insane. To spare uh, Jacqueline Kennedy a trial, another individual who also had uh, probably delusions of grandeur himself, Jack Ruby, killed the assailant. You could say that there's a lot of political violence in America, yet I still find uh, the Gabriel Giffords uh, shooting shocking. It's obviously uncomfortable because if every congressperson and federal officials start being under attack and if they feel their votes uh, could put them in danger, their families in danger, uh, it's going to impair their ability to both represent their constituents and also bring their own judgment to their votes And because any decision they make might uh, reduce their security. So it's still shocking and... Uh, and in that shock, I think there's an attempt by many to use the events uh, to make their own points. That's not new. In 1881, when Garfield's assassin said, Arthur is now president, it took months for that to actually happen. President Garfield was still alive for a few months, and he was recuperating in Long Branch, New Jersey. The summer air, they thought, you know, might be helpful, while doctors uh, uh, tried in vain to find... Uh, where the bullets were, yet Arthur could never live down what the assailant had said. He had no contact with this assailant whatsoever. But yet there was this crazy man who kept saying he uh, wanted to see him president. Garfield's assassin is often framed as a disappointed office seeker. He was a crazy man with uh, really no chance of getting a job by the stalwart faction that he was referring to within the Republican Party. He had a history of bothering politicians, one might even say stalking politicians. He was kicked out of the office of Secretary of State James Blaine. His trial became a joke as he uh, assaulted everyone verbally, attacked the politicians. He even turned against Arthur, who he had said previously he had made presence. He started having uh, journalists come to this trial and cover everything the man was saying. Uh, at one point, he said, I didn't kill Garfield. The doctors killed him. I just shot him. Medically, he might actually be right. It was probably infections caused by all the treatment that ended up killing uh, Garfield, though it's not clear if he ever would have been able to return to the presidency in his state. It, the trial was such a circus that historian James Ford Rhodes, who is one of my go-to guys, I mean, he is a little biased in certain things, one of my go-to guys for the later 19th century. He doesn't even mention his name in the uh, writing of history. And I, I sort of uh, uh, agree with that. Maybe we give too much, uh, too much uh, fame to some of these uh, assassins. Eventually, civil service reform was passed two years later with Chester Arthur as president and a Democratic Congress who had ran on the issue. The narrative worked. Office seeker kills to get a job, so we must reform the system. But again, really, the actual events of 1881 had little more to do than a crazy man who thought he was uh, doing something right in his own mind and who was seeking some kind of fame or grandeur killed the president. After having 
successfully stalked him, uh, in one case following him and his wife all the way up to uh, Long Branch, New Jersey, on a train, uh, unbeknownst, of course, to the president and the first lady. The civil service in the system in the 19th century um, was uh, in a shambles, but it was not the cause of Garfield's assassination. It was a good narrative, and it fit. The violent talk and American rhetoric is a problem. I really do think it's a problem when we start talking, uh, using certain terms to refer to our opponents. But probably is, has nothing to do uh, with the shooting of a few days ago. At best, one could say that the atmosphere may may create a uh, situation where individuals feel a little more comfortable taking an action that might otherwise be in head their head. But if you look at the individual who carry out the uh, Gifford shooting, uh, Obviously, this uh, person's deranged. He's now, as far as I know, not talking to authorities. Uh, It will be very unfortunate. I mean, I'm seeing his name and face plastered all over pictures. And I think it will be very unfortunate, uh, a long trial, if it gets a lot of coverage and you're giving a pedestal uh, to this man who does not deserve one. But that is the American media, and it's not something that's that's changed over time. I'll make three points that are a little subtler than what's being said in the media. One is that, what I already said, that the focus on the assassin is a little excessive. The second is that while the action is predictable, we have to be careful about reading too much in these events and changing our politics as a result of the action of a, of a crazy person. Now, we can certainly look at the, the violence in American rhetoric, and you can take someone like a... a Sarah Palin, who, you know, is seen shooting guns and then apparently had a fundraising graphic where there were crosshairs targeting various uh, members of Congress, and one of them was uh, Giffords, of course. You know, it's a very common fundraising graphic. It makes it a little more difficult as the fact that there was actually a a TV debate in which uh, Giffords took issue with um, what had been done, and it was only removed after the the shooting. So with, will this destroy uh, Sarah Palin's career? Well, I would always look kind of behind the scenes. I mean, that's what we try to do here. And I think there was a lot of Republican concern anyway about Sarah Palin. So I think the biggest thing she has to worry about is not so much the, quote, left, although obviously there's attacks there, but that is something that if you look at her current uh, political machine. She sort of feeds off that. It's the those of the Republican establishment who would like to do something about what is probably going to be a problem going into 2011. It's what do you do with Sarah Palin? She's a huge base of support. She can raise her own money. Yet I don't think there's a lot of interest in having her as a nominee or having her pick the nominee. Uh, so that's been a problem. And you'll probably see more attacks coming from uh, Republican opponents. That's just my Uh, prediction. I think uh, it shouldn't be surprising whether it's fair or not that anyone that was using uh, probably too strong an attack on opponents or talking about, you know, we should kill them or or something like that is going to get caught today. Their statements are going to be used against them. So I, I suppose it's a warning to, you know, watch out what you say because events could always uh, turn out to change that. But I think we also have to uh, cut a little slack to some people. And 
Should you change the gun policy based on this event? Uh, it was a couple of things. He was a legal weapon. He bought it apparently November 30th, which would have put it out of most uh, waiting periods time. Uh, I do think it, it shines a light on the concealed weapons uh, issue. And that, uh, but, uh, you know, as I've indicated earlier on the show, I think the gun issue has gone to the state level. There, there's there's no federal ban of, of a particular type of weapon that I believe is going to pass constitutional muster, at least not in the current court. But I think even in, in future courts, banning the gun, uh, I think assailants like this will find another type of, of weapon. So I think it comes down to the more important thing, which isn't happening everywhere, is training requirements. And it, to me, in my mind, my reading of the Constitution completely fits in the Constitution, which was intended to keep a strong militia going so that you have an individual right to have a gun, because if you don't, how are you going to be ready when the militia call? But that also there is an organized militia and a well-trained, well-regulated militia and that individuals who own guns, at least uh, those who are allowed to carry them in public, have to go through a training course. It could be volunteer-based. Uh, I believe that just like there's so many volunteer ambulance corps and volunteer fire departments in our nation, that, uh, that this could be worked out as well in a similar fashion. And I don't think somebody who's a crazy individual like this one is going to pass muster with that type of a of a training group, and they're, they're going to be disqualified from the program. Right now, you don't have it. And if you simply ban the guns, you don't have that either. I mean, they'll, they'll find a different type of weapon, but there's no training requirement that would detect an individual like this or have a chance at doing it. Uh, this Third, this gives me an opportunity to maybe change your viewpoint of politicians and those in the public service. I know that you hear about stories of people with a amassed great power and that they've served for a half a century, and those people you sort of uh, may view in a negative light. Politicians don't often get our support. They're vilified, like lawyers. They're defined by their worst. But really, are all lawyers bad? No, certainly most people like their own lawyer, but don't like lawyers in general. The same with members of Congress and politicians. They have tough, demanding jobs that require great family stress and encounters with lots of people. Laws that allow things to be public or demand that that events are public, that demand that uh, doors are open, and the job itself demands that a congressperson keeps an open door. One thing you have to remember, that means anyone can walk through that door and anyone can make demands of that public servant. They have to deal with a broad range of people. Anyone who's ever had any kind of a public service job may know that often the people that take most advantage of an open door are those who have the time to do it, who might be a little obsessed, uh, and not all of them certainly are going to be violent, but these are tough, demanding jobs that require dealing with a lot of people that maybe most of us don't even encounter every day. The psychological construct of a politician that they owe you, they owe you, might be part of a problem here. We always see politicians <clears throat> as taking advantage of us. But remember, particularly for the politicians that you like and the ones that support your issues, in a sense, you owe them too. 
I mean, of course, it sounds crazy, I understand, but donate, volunteer, etc. You owe them uh, because they represent you while you're going out and working and watching TV and doing everything you do. They're representing your political viewpoint. So be sure to support them and try to view the politician's job in a little bit different uh, light as well. I want to thank you for listening. And uh, we will have some future episodes coming up on a variety of topics. One thing I've been digging into a bit is the 40-year domination of the Congress and what uh, dreams that John Boehner might have of becoming uh, the beginning of a Republican dynasty uh, like the Democrats had starting in 1954. So I'll be talking about that and some other issues coming up on My History Can Beat Up Your Politics. Thanks very much.